Coming up next, it's live from my office. Before we get to that, let me just say thank you to David Hochberg. David Hochberg has been the title sponsor for Live From My Office since we first started this effort hundreds, literally hundreds of podcasts ago. He's a good dude. Sure, he's loud. Sure, he's scary. But he's always in it for you and trying to save you money on the biggest investment in your life, your house, and helping you in other ways to save money and better invest your money as well. So I highly recommend him. And you should consider him anytime it comes up with a financing of an original loan or refinancing. Veterans get special care from Team Hochberg. Uh, Ask your questions. There are no dumb questions. There's only dumb people who go to somebody else. Well, that was unnecessary. David Hochberg, Team Hochberg, thank you for your support of Live From My Office and call him at 855-56-DAVID or go to the website, 56david.com. This is Live From My Office, Steve Cochran here. And David Baldacci, the famed author, has a new book out. He puts one out about every uh, seven, eight minutes. And uh, this one's uh, called uh, Long Shadows. And uh, Baldacci and I will talk about it coming up. But before we get to that, we're going to talk about uh, the election, the upcoming election. Whoa, 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 whoa. Where are you going? Come back here. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to do a little voting 101. I'm going to try to convince you to make sure that you vote. And frankly, if you listen to this podcast with regularity, and you should subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen, then I know you're already in. I know you're a smarty pants, and I know you know a lot of this stuff. But maybe I'll give you something here that you can use to preach to others to make sure that they do the right thing. Because yes, your vote still matters so baldacci coming up but before we get to that let's talk for a second is american democracy really in danger yeah the answer is uh resounding maybe both parties right now they're like toddlers throwing tantrums it's their way or no way so what do you do well you know the drill all you hear is "Ooh, this is the most important election in american history and he wouldn't be thought of as a lesser person if you hear that one more time and tell your television to blow it out its butt. I'm not quite sure what the butt would be on your TV, but good luck. That line, the most important election in American history, it's from analysts and on commercials, and it's supposed to entice and inspire you to make sure you come out and vote on Tuesday, November 8th. Look, I know you're going to be there, but what about everybody else? I'm old enough to remember a time when the motivation to vote was driven by patriotic duty or, as crazy as it sounds, a belief that a candidate was going to do the job they were elected to do. Hold on, I want to give you time to smack yourself in the head. We now live in a dangerous time where, more than ever, the far right and the far left are the ones that show up, and the most consistent ones to show up, and certainly the ones that show up for the primaries. Now, why does that matter so much? Well, when the extremes... Are the majority of voters the most extreme candidates win and control the agenda and our lives? Is that what you want? No, I didn't think so. Yet it happens in huge numbers. Partisans come out in state primaries and then people are shocked. Shocked, I tell you, at the choices that they get. Everybody is to leave here immediately. This cafe is closed until further notice. Clear the room at once. 
close me up. On what ground? I'm shocked, shocked to find that gambling is going on in here. You're winning, sir. Oh, thank you very much. Everybody out at once. Yes, it's all one big gamble, isn't it? But you've got to be a part of it. And you've got to get others to show up as well. We really do have the future hanging in the balance here, whether it's your kids or your grandkids. The greatest enemy to all of us here is low turnout. Low turnout is when people don't show up and then they just can't get over the fact that things are a mess. You can fight this with me. Low turnout, by the way, isn't the only problem. There's also the scourge of gerrymandering. Now, who is this Jerry and why is this a problem? Gerrymandering is the party in power in a state redrawing their district maps to be the, the, the most favorable to their party. Now, this has led to maps with insanely shaped districts, like in Texas, the 15th. They call it the Fajita Strip. That's the nickname because of how long and skinny it is. And it's cut that way and drawn that way to favor Republicans the party in power in Texas. And there's the fourth in Illinois, the fourth district, which looks like sideways earmuffs or maybe a, maybe a tipped over pair of headphones with parts that are only the width of a city street just to make sure Democrats are favored. Like the result is that candidates, political parties are picking the voters now. Yeah, that's right. The candidates pick the voters instead of the voters picking the candidates. What, are you kidding me? You're kidding me. You gotta be kidding me. Are you kidding me? I mean, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? You gotta be kidding me. You gotta be kidding me. You gotta be kidding me. You're kidding me. You're kidding me. You're kidding me, right? Are you kidding me? This guy, are you kidding me? No, I'm not kidding. This is the problem that we have. And this is the problem that we're gonna continue to have unless you show up it's another example gerrymandering of politicians doing shady but legal things to gain and maintain power and not to get too deep in the constitutional weeds here but if states are going to act more independently uh, of the federal government to push their majority party agenda even when it might be illegal to tie up the courts well it's vital that you make your choices and you vote now get it you might be cynical I'm not mad at you. I wouldn't be mad at you. I ain't even saying you're wrong to feel that way. After all, how are you supposed to change the rules when the people that make the rules are the ones that benefit from the rules? But you got to vote. It's not a perfect system, but it's all we've got. And if you sit this one out, well, we all lose. So what's the plan? Well, it starts with showing up on November 7th or voting early as well, where available. Check your local listings. If you're not sure if you're registered, check that at vote.org. Research the candidates and the issues online by searching or use the resources at ballotpedia.org for one example. Look, if you believe in this country, you got to be part of the change. It's a long road, but the process must start now. Those who are in office simply to stay in office have got to go. Find candidates who share your beliefs or choose to vote against those that don't. You know, it's times like this when I think of somebody like, uh, you know, the great Howard Beale. You know, Howard Beale from Network. Howard, uh, any thoughts from you? I don't have to tell you things are bad. Everybody knows things are bad. It's a depression 
Everybody's out of work or scared of losing their job. The dollar buys a nickel's worth. Banks are going bust. Shopkeepers keep a gun under the counter. Punks are running wild in the street and there's nobody anywhere who seems to know what to do and there's no end to it. We know the air is unfit to breathe and our food is unfit to eat. We sit watching our TVs while some local newscaster tells us that today we had 15 homicides and 63 violent crimes, as if that's the way it's supposed to be. We know things are bad, worse than bad. They're crazy. It's like everything everywhere is going crazy, so we don't go out anymore. We sit in the house, and slowly the world we're living in is getting smaller, and all we say is, please, at least leave us alone in our living rooms. Let me have my toaster and my TV and my steel-belted radios, and I won't say anything. Just leave us alone. Well, I'm not going to leave you alone. I want you to get mad. I don't want you to protest. I don't want you to riot. I don't want you to write to your congressmen because I wouldn't know what to tell you to write. I don't know what to do about the depression and the inflation and the Russians and the crime in the street. All I know is that first, you've got to get mad. You've got to say, I'm a human being. God damn it. My life has value. So, I want you to get up now. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell, I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. It's uh, really kind of frightening how true those words have become. Look, we can do this. You can do this. I can do this. We must do this together. Vote. November 8th. No excuses. And bring a friend. And tell your kids you did it and tell them why. I'm Steve Cochran. Thanks for listening as always. And hear me mornings on the Big 89 WLS from 530 to 9 a.m. On your smart devices wherever you live. On tons of apps where you can stream live radio as well. No matter where you are in the world. And we continue this conversation now and into the future. I proudly tell you... My show is the only platform, this podcast and the radio show, that's truly independent. It talks about both both sides and calls out both sides for not doing the job. So I appreciate your support. As I do the support of my friends at Cantini Golf. We'll get to that in just a second. But a reminder, David Baldacci on his new book in a moment. And then a couple of resources that I've mentioned. I'll remind you of those before we're done as well. Glad you're here, and I'm glad you're listening to Live from My Office. Well, the golf season's not over, but you can see the end from here. And before this golf season ends in a matter of just a couple of weeks, a few days maybe, get to Cantini Golf Course. Cantini Golf Course always has been one of my favorite places to play. Why? Three great nines, a great practice facility, and with a cold Chicago winter ahead, know that you can still get out there and hit balls with heated stalls all winter long. There's also a great teaching situation there, and uh, they'll get you all squared away for any sort of winter trip you might have planned to get away, so your golf game is in order, and of course, get you tuned up for next spring. My friends at Cantini Golf, from Matt the Pro to the boss, Terry Hanley, have always been and always will be about customer service. They actually care that you spend your money there and that you've come out to play. So again, with just a couple of weeks left, get to Cantini Golf Course before this season ends. And do tell them I sent you. 
Make your reservations at cantinigolf.com or call them up at 630-260-8197. Thank you, Terry Hanley, and thank you, everybody, at Cantini Golf Course for another great season and your support of Live From My Office. That's Cantini Golf, 630-260-8197. All right, Live From My Office, friend of the podcast, I think is a phrase that is certainly appropriate these days. It's David Baldacci. One of the one of the most prolific authors. Haven't you written enough? Isn't it time for you, David, to take some David time? Yeah, I feel like when I'm writing, I'm taking David time. You know, it's just it's a pleasure to do what I do, and you know, I feel like I'm on vacation all the time. I know you enjoy it, and we've spoken before about how passionate you are about it. And uh, I really am. We're about the same age. Uh, I'm amazed that you continue to have this font of ideas. And obviously the book we're going to talk about comes from a series, but you still got to have a story. You got to have a story. Yeah. You know, I think part of it is I love information. And so every day I sort of fill up my head with new stuff that I didn't know before, you know, reading and listening to things, watching things. Um, and I just crave that. I'm a very curious person. I think writers need to be curious about the world. <clears throat> and before you know it, you fill up your creative tanks over and over again, and you learn about three or four different subject matters, and all of a sudden you have a spark of an idea that combines two or three of them together in a unique way, and then off you go to the races. So I think it's all about just continuing to experience things and to learn things. And if you do that, you know, the ideas are never going to stop. The, and that's a great tip for writers or people that want to tell stories and they've got them in them and are trying to figure out how to get them out. Uh, the number one best-selling series, of course, features Amos Decker, The Memory Man, and uh, Long Shadows is the latest. Sell it for me. So Amos Decker <clears throat> was a professional football player, and he suffered a traumatic brain injury on the field after a blindside hit, and he came out of it with a couple of new attributes. One is hyperthymesia, which is, perfect recall. And second, uh, synesthesia, which means his sensory pathways are commingled. So he sees dead bodies, for instance, in a vivid shade of electric blue. And these are real attributes, and people have them. So he becomes a policeman and then a detective in Ohio. And then he joins the FBI over the course of the books as a consultant. And in this novel, it opens with a very traumatic experience for him involving somebody he used to work with a long time ago. And then he has to uh, meet a new partner, Frederica White, Freddie White from the FBI's office in Baltimore, who now he has to partner with, even though he doesn't want to. And so they hit, they butt heads immediately. And then they're called on to solve a double homicide of a federal judge and her bodyguard in South Florida. So they jump on a plane and fly down to take on another case. Um, and the characters recur, but their lives change. How hard is that to track? I'm trying to picture your process because you got a lot of compelling characters here. Do they stay in your head or do you literally have a storyboard in your office to, you know, keep you on track for the arc you've developed? Yeah, years ago I tried the storyboard. It just not did not work for me. So I, I compartmentalize well. When I was a lawyer, you know, I handled, you know, a dozen cases at the same time and you had to sort of build little rooms in your head where you would contain all the information and keep it separate from other places. And I try to do the same thing here, but I, you know, I've created these characters. Every detail came out of my imagination, so it would be really difficult for me to forget. You know, I, I do have to go back on occasion and reread some previous books to make sure that I'm consistent with things. I can't remember every single detail, but certainly the general important principles and outlines of who they are and what they do. 
are firmly established in my in my head. And uh, you know, bringing Amos Becker back, he's certainly probably my most unique character. Um, and in this novel, you know, another reason to bring a character back is to continue to evolve and develop the characters, not just to bring him back and, you know, status quo, and he hasn't changed at all, and just throw him into another mystery that he solves. So that's, that's fine. But for me as a writer, I just want to find out more information. I want to know, you know, dig deeper into the guy's personality, his psyche, his head, and find out, you know, what makes him tick. And that's sort of a pleasure with every book to try to, you know, dig a little bit deeper and get a little bit more meat on the bone. The sports piece of this, you know, former football player, traumatic brain injury, obviously very topical, but uh, separately uh, off the page from the new one, Long Shadows. Are you a big sports guy? You a big sports fan? You a football fan? Yeah, I, you know, I, I played football in high school mm-hmm. and I um, I followed, you know, I'm from the D.C. area, so I follow now the commanders. Um so yeah, that's been a big part of my life. I have to say that my my enthusiasm dampened somewhat just because of you know the things we found out and the toil it takes on the bodies of these guys. Yeah. And my daughter went to BU, Boston University, and they have the big CTE center up there. And, and I think what really got me was uh, probably about ten years ago. I was watching the Super Bowl and they brought out the former MVPs from all the previous Super Bowls, guys that I had, you know, idolized growing up, Earl Campbell and all these people. And they were either, you know, in a wheelchair, they were using canes, they were dead and weren't there. You know, the the guys in their 50s, you know, 50s and 60s, um, who were just physically destroyed. And uh, I just, you know, I was like, oh my God, yeah, it was fun to watch them, but look at their lives now. You know, and uh, so, I, you know, that took away some of the enjoyment for me about it and just realized that, yeah, it's a fun sport to watch, but it is incredibly violent and brutal. And these guys these days, I mean, these guys, they run like the wind and they're enormous. And, you know, human bodies just aren't designed for that. You know, it's interesting, too, when you think back of it, uh, back at it, you know, in the 70s playing high school football. Um, and I'm sure you were taught the same fundamentals that I was taught and we were all taught. And that's when you make a tackle, you wrap them up and bring them to the ground this collision tackling that goes on now which has led to some of the cte issues where you got the fastest guys have ever been in the sport running at each other and running into each other in some sort of roller derby bumper cars tournament that's where a lot of these injuries are coming from that's that's not tackling no, it's not. You know, and I I also wrestled in high school, so the wrapping up part came sort of naturally for me. Uh, it wasn't the collision I was interested in; it was just bringing them down while I was still holding on to them. <laughs> yeah. So, right. um, so it's a little bit. Yep. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about your foundation because I think it's great things that you're doing, and I have a brother who is uh, has limited reading. He's special needs, but he has little limited reading abilities as an adult. But tell mm-hmm. everybody about the Wishing You Well Foundation. So my wife and I formed it over 20 years ago. We fund and provide funding for literacy initiatives programs across the country. We funded programs in pretty much all 50 states and counting. We also have a book collection effort called Feeding Body and Mind, and we collect books on my book tour, and we send those to food banks. People seeking food assistance often have low literacy skills, and so they can take home not just food but books as well that might break them out of that generational cycle of poverty because illiteracy and poverty go hand-in-hand, obviously. And it's also important, you know, if we wanted to sustain our democracy to have an informed, well-read electorate, because these days we have a ton of information and probably even more disinformation thrown at people, and sure. you have to be able to fight back against that. And the way you do that is through reading high cognitive skills, a way to be able to, you know, way to process and cut the wheat from the chaff and understand what's true and what's not true. Otherwise, 
you're basing decisions and running to people based on, you know, falsehoods, and that's not going to be a good outcome. So it really is critically important to our democracy and critically important to just sort of the world we live in. You know, as a reader from, it's from an early age, I can tell you that people who read books are, you know, they're more well-rounded, they're more tolerant, they're more sympathetic, uh, they have broader horizons, and they get along and they're nicer people. You know, just because yeah. I grew up in Richmond, Virginia in the 60s in a very segregated community. And what saved me from having a certain moral perspective were books. I went to the library every week. I checked out books. I saw the world through books, and that changed who I am. Well, it's a huge deal and to have access to it and not have people. You know, the thing I struggle with, and I know as a family guy you do as well, um, parents should absolutely have input into their children's education. But you can't determine yes. your child's curriculum. And the minute we start to right. take books out of libraries and eliminate the ability for kids to read books, man, that's a that's a dark road. Yeah, I mean, I've I've been asked this same question about the book banning, book burning, you know, on this tour this morning, and I, I have to say that in 2022, I didn't think I'd have to be talking about this. Right? But as you know, a student of history, and anybody who reads should know this that. This is an old playbook. This is not anything new. It's been done before. And every time that it's been done, there have been cataclysmic outcomes. Um, and I think people just need to understand that the slippery slope is indeed slippery. And today it's one thing, tomorrow it's another thing. And then before you know it, you know, all the books are gone. And nobody nobody wants that. And uh, I just think that people need to get a little more reason and balance in their lives and understand that. Uh, you know, another profession, like, you know, okay, so teachers are educated, they're trained to understand, librarians are trained to understand what's age appropriate and what should be on the sure. shelves and their whole processes they go through, and we should pay attention to their expertise. The problem is these days, it's like people think think that expertise is out the window. It's not important anymore. It's not valid. And I'm like, okay, well, if you want to, if you want that, just carry it through to its logical conclusion. Next time you get on a plane, go in the cockpit and tell the pilot you're going to fly it, because yeah. how hard can it be? Right. Or, or you know, you uh, have to have surgery. Doc, I got it. Um, or you know, my friend, I got it. Yeah, my friend Bob went to Lowe's this morning or Home Depot. He's got a lathe; he can take care of it. Yeah, it's a it's a crazy time yeah. in that regard that we think we know more than we do, and we're willing to say it out loud. I don't. Uh, it's baffling. We are willing to say it out loud. Yes, exactly right. It's. I don't know where it's going to end, but it's a, it's a. Quite an interesting and uh, fretful time uh, right now. I don't know what the outcome is going to be. Well, you got to stay involved, right? I mean, that's the key, and everybody wants to say I you can't. need to be. No, go ahead, go ahead. No, you got to, you got to, you got to, you have to stay in the game. This is when people need to step up, not shrink, shrink back. Right, right, right. And if you have someone who's willing to get into politics, who's passionate about it, and you believe as uh, they do, support them. Um, but certainly, you know, and I right. always tell people this too, is like, find something you really, really disagree with and then Google search it and find out where that opinion came from. Because, right. you know, it's a, it's not a three channel universe or a newspaper or world anymore where you get a balanced view and people lock into their silos of information. And that's where the trouble comes. Now, uh, the book again is called Long Shadows. It's the latest from David Baldacci, who refuses to stop writing, and that's good for all of us. Um, <laughs> but I will say, as a Commanders fan, we're actually recording this. I'll let you go on this, but it's October 12th, and we're recording this uh, just a day before the Commanders and the Chicago Bears will play. I'm in Chicago, uh, and they'll play on Thursday night football. Is this game potentially bad enough to call Al Michael, cause Al Michaels to retire? Will this be the game where he goes, I'm done? <laughs> 
It certainly has the potential for it. I was talking with my son earlier about it, and he said, you know, if, if the commanders want to win another game, this might be the one they die on. This is the hill they die on. <laughs> you know, you got a great coach in Ron Rivera, ex-Chicago Bear from the Super Bowl area. He's a great coach and a good man. But, boy, we got problems in Chicago and in D.C. when it comes to football. Um, yes, I- Yes. I, I salute your success, I, uh, and I certainly salute what you and your wife and your family do with Wish You Well. Uh, best place to get information on what you're doing and also the foundation is what website? Yes, you can go for me, you can go to davidbalbacci.com. I'm also, and that'll link you to Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And the, the foundation is wishyouwellfoundation.org and feedingbodyandmind.com. Thank you for all of that, and I look forward to talking to you again. Well, there you go. You got your David Baldacci. You got my sermon on voting. And hopefully you got some entertainment uh, from it all and information you can use. Again, vote.org and ballotpedia.org. Both great sources. Vote.org can help make sure you're registered, tell you how if you're not. And ballotpedia.org help you research candidates and also give you a sample ballot for what you're going to be looking at when you vote on November 8th. I know Ross Cochran's going to be voting. Ross Cochran's the executive producer of this uh, uh, this uh, this this podcast, um, and I thank him for it. And uh, my name, in case you missed it, is uh, Steve Cochran. I'm glad you listened to live from my office. Please tell your friends as well to join us and subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get podcasts. Thanks for listening one more time to live from my office. Thirty years plus on the airwaves. You have turned your dial to me. Now you're tuned into my podcast. It's live from my office, Steve. From Ithaca, New York, to Carolina South, W. Cochran, Steve. From Minneapolis, and then Chicago twice, top rated shows achieved. Sit back, relax, and now listen to my show. When or wherever you are, cause you're on the go. Hey, list celebs with some laughs and great info. Live from my office, the Steve Cochran Podcast Show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No better place to be. Subscribe and like for free. So glad you're with me. It's live from my office, Steve. Thank you for listening to Live from My Office, a service of Monkey Run Productions. All rights reserved. The podcast is hosted by Steve Cochran, and it's mixed, edited, and produced by me, Ross Cochran. Steve is available for corporate speaking gigs. He would love to MC your event. And occasionally, he's funny. Thank you for listening. Head to CochranShow.com for more.